Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. When putting together your gear, wrap a piece of duct tape around your water bottle. It's barely noticeable, but if another piece of gear breaks or tears... Pull off your tape to make a quick patch or repair. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash LL Bean. LL Bean. Be an outsider. Welcome, everyone, to Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca. And on today's episode, I'm going to talk about West Coast Pro Wrestling out of San Francisco. Um, looking forward to talking about their show, Game Related, that just took place on April 15th. Um, had a lot of a lot of names on that show. Uh, stars of New Japan Pro Wrestling and Yuji Nagata and uh, Minoru Suzuki. Um, names you recognize on the independents, Davy Richards, um, some local talent, and an all Japan women's legend, Debbie Malenko, and she faced Masha Slamovich, who I, I believe is one of the better um, young women wrestlers out there today. So I'm looking forward to talking about that. Thanks for guys joining me, and I really appreciate it. I was again, I was off last week because I was on vacation. My family had a wonderful trip to Lake Tahoe. Um, there was snow that just when we got there. There's no snow. Snow the next couple of days, so it was really nice. The kids got their first experience in the snow, and they just had a blast. Um, it's a lot of work going to Lake Tahoe with the three little little ones, and um, but. We survived it, and a lot of memories were made, and I was uh, really, uh, really happy with the whole trip. All in all, even though we had some frustrated times, you know, with three little ones, it's just they're just so unpredictable, and and uh, it's just part of being a parent. You know, you got the the, the highs and the lows, but uh, great memories were made, and like I said, we had, all in all, we had a really good time. Um, so yeah, back this week, this week's another big week for, for me, it's going to be my 11 year wedding anniversary tomorrow as recorded, this is a Friday night, I'm, so tomorrow, April 30th, there's 11 years married, I can't believe it, I mean, it's been gone by so fast, you know, I just remember, I remember when we just got married and, um, just amazing time, you know, and just, uh, my wife's a you know, she's beautiful. She's a great mother to our three kids. Um, she always has my back. I just love her to death. And, you know, I want to wish her a, a happy anniversary. We're looking forward to spending our day tomorrow and, and enjoying, enjoying our just what we created this life. It's been amazing. So um also want to mention our Fight Game Media Plus Patreon. If you haven't subscribed to that, please check it out. It's $5 a month. It's only a cup of coffee. There's a lot of great shows on that. Um, I have a show on there as well with Garrett Gonzalez. We have a Raw 1998 review. We've been going through all the shows. Um, we're obviously in the month of uh, – ending in the month of April now. We just, we just reviewed uh, – what was that pay-per-view? Over the Edge pay-per-view, which was Steve Austin versus Dude Love and Steve Austin's first pay-per-view title defense, the WWF title. That show, the Infernal match, all that wackiness that was going on in 1998, the Attitude Era. Um, there's the Brace for Impact show, which is on the Patreon feed. is where you get all the news about Impact Wrestling. Um, Mike Gilbert and J.D. Leva, they... They got all the scoops of Impact Wrestling. So, and, you know, a lot of people might not watch Impact Wrestling, but it's been really, really good lately. Um, um, they're really added to the roster. And 
and JD and Mike break that Impact Wrestling down. And I think you're going to be interested in checking out Impact Wrestling. If you haven't watched in a while, there's, they're doing a lot of cool stuff there. And um, it's not the old Impact Wrestling. You know, they're not it's easy to focus back on wrestling and the goofiness seems to be kind of put in the back burner, which I do appreciate. Uh, we have, if you like Joshi wrestling, we got a show on that. We got a show on mixed martial arts and boxing. Um, we, it's just a lot of great content on our fight game, media, Patreon, check us out, give us a shot, $5, just you know, one month. Take a listen to what we have, and, and I hope you stick around. If you don't, I understand. You know, I know, uh, you know, money is uh, tight everywhere, and gas prices <laughs> just going nuts. And I, I get it, I get it. But you know, if you want to, you know, please don't buy that coffee that one day, and just check out the Fight Game Media Plus Patreon. Give it a shot. I really, really, really appreciate that. All right, let's get into West Coast Pro game related. This, like I said, this happened on April fifteenth. Um, I was actually supposed to go to this show. I was making plans to go to this show um, simply to see Devin Malenko. Um, you know, over the last was a year and a half, uh, we've been corresponding, become friends. She's such a sweet woman. Um, I was just, you know, I was a fan of hers from you know the early nineties and. I remember, like, I, you know, I'm still like, an, I love wrestling matches. Like, not, 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 not wrestling magazines today, but I used to collect them as a kid, and I used to just, I just loved them. Like, and even today, I still will, will, will get a classic wrestling magazine or something, you know, put it to my collection. And I remember my favorite column in wrestling was a, a column in the in the magazine called uh, is after magazine is called the Wrestler, uh, and they had this this column called introducing i still love that because it was like this young and up-and-coming wrestlers and you know i just couldn't wait to see who's this new who's the next new prospect and i've always been like that with any sports all about the rookies all about the next generation and in pro wrestling today i'm always about who's coming up next i love love checking out the young talent on the independent wrestling scene who's going to be the next stars who has it um who shows that potential and I, I I remember it, and I remember I had one of the art one of the introducing articles was on Debbie Malenko, and I was like, whoa, they have a sister, you know? I was all just totally blown it, blown by seeing you know Debbie Malenko. There's another Malenko. There's Joe. And there's Dean, you know, and there's Boris Malenko, and I was just like, yeah, just totally into all that kind of stuff, and and so, and then I would you know get tapes of all Japan wrestling, uh, women's wrestling, excuse me, and and I remember like. You know, she was just so good and so aggressive, and um, I and then she got injured. She, uh, you know, she she broke her ankles. It was a really nasty injury. She stepped away from wrestling, had a family, and now, you know, they're all grown up. Her family's grown up, and she's given another go. It's just a beautiful story. So, you know, just uh, got to know her and and. Uh, like I said, she's a sweet woman, so I really wanted to be there to support her and and meet her in person finally. But um, unfortunately, just another family event came up, and I just could not break away from that. So, so looking forward to reviewing that match here on the Take It Home podcast. But let's dive into this show. Um, like I said, there's a lot of familiar faces that I know, and some new faces that I haven't seen before, and and you know, of course, some you know some. New Japan stars I have seen many many times, so it's just a it's a fun mix. Um, West Coast is really doing a good job. They're they're really creating a buzz here in Northern California. Um, you know, spending a lot of money, bringing a lot of talent from all over. Um, it's really cool to see that they're going into an, a bigger building, which I I felt they needed that before because I don't know how much this uh, building holds that they're in now, but it looked to me on video like possibly maybe. Maybe at the most 225. I could be wrong. You know, I saw like a lot of people hanging out in the back. But it looked like some of the boys are sitting there watching them wrestling matches. But they had, you know, they had fans there. Okay, you know, the, the seats looked filled. And, um, but to me, I was trying to, you know, eyeball it. It kind of looked like 225, maybe 250, you know. So 
they definitely need a bigger building. If, you, if you're bringing in more talent, flying in more talent, you know, you got to have bigger seats and sell more tickets. So, um, you know, I just hope they continue on their success. It's just good. To, it's good. It's good place for people to, to, to work and, and they're doing a great job and they're on IWTV. That's where I watched this. I, I've seen many of their shows on IWTV. Um, I've always tried to make point to go, but you know, it's just, it's just hard, you know, with three kids and everything to just kind of sneak away. Plus the pandemic, I was kind of like hesitant to really go anywhere. Um, but, uh, I'm definitely going to make it out there very, very soon. Okay. Enough talk. Enough talk about enough of the preview stuff. Let's get into the matches. Match number one was Levi Shapiro versus AJ Gray. Of course, I know Levi Shapiro for a very long time. Um, uh, used him in APW when I was booking. Uh, booked him for uh, Premiere when I was uh, running that promotion. Um, always enjoyed uh, enjoyed working with Levi Shapiro. Just a professional. No attitude. Um, gave his direction. Gave good feedback. Um, you know, he's just a professional guy. And... and Passionate about pro wrestling, passionate. Remembers what came before him, which, which you know, I appreciate because those are the guys that are hungry to make it. So I really want to see him branch out more. They, they, he's done trips and stuff on the East Coast, and you know, I just want people to to give him more of a shot. You know, like I just think. Cause he's passionate about it. I mean, he's better than a lot of these guys I see flying around and that people are flying out. And I'm like, that person, you know, like Levi Shapiro, just he can wrestle circles around those guys. And um, I, I you know, it's in this age, sadly, this day and age in wrestling, like you'd have a gif on Twitter or social media, whatever, of some move or some spot, and it's like these mark promoters, like we'll book him. I gotta book the guy's a star. It's like no, dude, like. Do your due diligence. Book the professionals. You know, put the guys in to put quality matches out. And Levi Shapiro, in my opinion, is, is, is one of those guys. Um, this was Levi Shapiro's first match back in a few months after he had rhinoplasty surgery. He was putting um, on uh, on social media just like like teasers of him coming back, and you saw his nose all bandaged up and swelling under his eyes, and um. You know, he had trouble breathing, and it felt like this was a good time to take care of it. Um, in addition to his DVA septum, he had a, he had his nasal flaps closed when he and when he would breathe in heavily. His, it, it would close when he when we breathe in heavily. Excuse me. Um, they took the cartilage from his uh, septum and uh, implanted it in his nasal flaps to reinforce them to stay open. Um, when I talked to him, he said the surgery did not 100% work. On that, and that's why he wore this nasal delator. Dilator, if I'm up, I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> uh, dilator, excuse me, to keep his nose open and able to have airflow. Why am I laughing? I don't know why. It's late when I record this, people. Please, please, please understand. During his time away from the ring, he put in a lot of social, like I said, a lot of social media videos. And, um, you know, this is his first match back. And he's a, he's been around West Coast for a while, and I think he does training out there or, or, or assistant training out there. I believe Vinny Masaro is a head trainer out there, and also the Booker of West Coast Pro. And um, Levi Shapiro was working um, AJ Gray, who was a former West Coast Pro champion. That's who the current champion Jacob Fatu beat for the championship. Um, with you know Shapiro coming back from this uh, nose surgery, I thought that would have been part of the story. Unfortunately, it did not. And what we had here was a match with no real story, in my opinion. It was a typical standard indie match you see today with a just a version of their, their version of strong style wrestling. I mean, multiple times this match would reset with exchange of strikes uh, via chops or forms in the middle of the ring. And by the third time they did this, like the fans just... They didn't even react because, like, how many times can you see people just sit there and I'm tired of it. It's like everybody's doing it. Everyone's just copying the quote-unquote strong style matches and everyone wants to sit in there and just trade these, you know, these, honestly, a lot of them look like shitty-ass forearms or, or and it's like tell stories again, you know? It, I know, like, wrestling is just 
people copy one thing that gets that works and they just keep copying and copying until it's done to death. But it, I just want to see storytelling again. And, you know, Levi, I don't know. He's probably just wanted to do something to kind of change the style a little bit here or change the match style. Or maybe just what, you know, you know he's working at AJ Gray. So I don't know, like, what they figured out to do for this match. And, and it's just to me, when I, I was like, okay, oh my God, you have this, like, this story there. Everyone knows that Levi Spear had this surgery. And you would think AJ Gray would, like, take a cheap shot at it and work on it. And, you know, Levi would make the big comeback. And, um, and we didn't get that. We got you know, we got Levi doing a wild dive to the floor. It's um wasn't the prettiest thing, but I kind of like that. Like it's not this big gym gymnast flip. It was like he attacked with the dive, and that's what I a lot of people don't understand today. Like they'll want to do this big twisty triple thing or whatever the fuck. And like it's it's the the guys in the back in the days would would attack. Liger would attack with his flying right and now it's just like trying to score points or you know in a diving contest it's just it's just it's what wrestling is they said um like i said levi has always been a good worker always good make a store storytelling teller um i was shocked that aj gray won here you know this is levi's return match local guy no aj gray is a former champion there but Again, former champion. Um, I think you know it would have benefited Levi more with this the local audience that you're that you have there. You know, you got to build your own core guys, and and they seem they've been doing that for the previous shows. And we'll talk about more of the results later. But you know, I thought this was a good chance to kind of you know restart. Levi and get him going and and um as one of your core guys. Um you know AJ Gray I the first time I seen him was at West Coast. I don't I just don't see what the big deal is. Like I just don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I mean I I'll continue to watch his matches at West Coast and and maybe one will you know maybe I'll finally see what people see, but I just don't. I don't know you know, to me, it just it just doesn't just doesn't stand out. You know, uh, flipping off people and fans like the cussing on the mic, and eh. you know, no big deal to me. It doesn't it doesn't excite me. And and style wise, it's like nothing stands out. Um, I mean, you could have been creative with Levi too coming back. Like you know, you got you talk he can come out, and I wouldn't have this match as the opener. I would probably had it. I don't know, maybe second or, or third on this card. And, you know, Levi could have came back, could have promo, a quick promo, just talk about, like, his trials and tribulations on a surgery. And, and you know, he has this bag with him, and he just pulls out this 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 nose protector, facial protector, right? And he says, I have to wear this. This is, you know, I worked hard to get get here. I had, you know, I was doing great. My, my, recover, my therapy had a lot of setbacks as well. I didn't know if I was going to wrestle again. Uh, finally, I got the okay to return, but I had to wear this mask, right? So he puts the mask on. I would put him, I'd put him against not AJ Gray, but a young up-and-coming babyface, like the Amidas Creed that they use here at West Coast Pro, and, you know, have a nice scientific match at the beginning, but, you know, Levi gets a little, little uh, frustrated with the young Midas Creed who's kind of taking it to Levi and kind of just one step ahead of Levi. And, you know, Levi gets a little bit more aggressive. They have a match. Um, at one point, you know, the referee could get distracted, checking on Creed. Maybe Levi accidentally poked Creed in the eye, the ref, which is the referee's checking on Creed. Levi loads the mask, headbutts Creed, and, and wins, and thus turning heel all on the same night. And, you know, just it would just be using... And, and then Levi would just go to you know, use this mask to an unfair advantage. And uh, something creative like that. What we got here was just wasn't creative. You know, it... It's, there's a difference between matchmaking and booking, right? And this was just matchmaking, not booking. And imagine if Levi would use this now as a weapon, this mask. And, you know, think um, Pat Patterson and, and 
you know, when he had the mask and how he would use that and, you know, had to wear the mask to protect his face, but then he was just using it to take, you know, get an unfair advantage. I don't know. I thought that would be kind of cool and, and something different for Levi, just to come back and just have a match and lose. I mean, I don't know. I really, I would, I really would love to see him, you know, get the win here. So match number two was a six man tag team match. Gringo Loco, Aramis, and ASF, which I don't I don't think I ever heard the the commentator say what that meant, um, what that acronym was for, but um versus Midas Creed, D Rogue, and Alpha Zoe. Um I've seen Gringo Loco, I've seen Aramis, I think I've seen ASF on one match before, and I've seen Midas Creed, and I see Dean Rogue and Alpha Alpha Zoe. D, D Rogue did some shows for us for APW. Um Around 2018, 2019. Locos, Gringo Locos. <laughs> I can't even say his face. Gringo's Locos nickname is the Bass God. So, I mean, so is his gimmick like I'm just really good at helping high flyers? Do office and moves to him. Like, I don't get it. Like, what's the, like, that's your nickname, the bass guy. Like, how do you explain that gimmick to anyone? I mean, unless it means something to do with music. I mean, it's supposed to be double meaning, but he's really just a bass guy because he bases good for wrestlers. I just, I just, oh my God. Just stupid. This is really tough. I'm sorry. I just don't understand it. Wow. People come up with this stuff. It's like, yeah, I'm the base god. I really help you do moves like head scissors and shit and catch you on dies so you can turn it to corkscrew TTs. I don't know. Like, what? It's this match is exactly what I expected it to be. Just a bunch of spots, no story, nothing to get invested in. Just all these, you know, Different ways to get in all these moves that we always see. Canadian Destroyers, Code Reds. Um, at one point, I don't know what the hell was going on. Like, times just stood still. Gringo Loco was on the top, sitting on the top rope. Aramis and ASF were looking to dive to the floor. But I swear, it took forever. Like, just... No one knew what to do, or someone was waiting for someone to say go, and and finally they just they just went and did it. And uh, Gringo Loco did like a jumping, twisting to the top rope, uh, like a Merrill Salt, I guess if that's the best way to describe it, and just crashed on poor Midas Creed's knees. Just fucking brutal. Um, it's just you know the fans love this match, but. I mean, that's, you know, that's what really matters. But, I mean, at the same time, it's like, it's easy. It's, it's, you know, you do a bunch of billion moves and it just like, it's just like a cheap pop to me, you know. Like, yeah, no story. So, I was not invest. I was just kind of bored watching it. And, you know, I just felt like, why do this match, right? Why, why? Like, you could have saved, but just, you could have saved a couple bucks just and set in room in the locker room and just. You know, not book 66 guys. It's just unnecessary. Um, you know, nine matches on this card. Eight would have been perfect. You need this You need this match. Um, and it hurt the next match after because the crowd already saw, like, every move in wrestling history. Um, and fans are throwing money in afterwards, I, I guess. You know, they should have thrown money in afterwards on a different match on this card that was really good. A couple matches that they could have thrown money in, I guess. But, um, yeah, just not for me, not my style. Um, you know, I know a lot of people enjoy this style, but I just, I like stories in wrestling. Um, if there's no story there, I lose interest very quickly. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. 
What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Next matchup, match number three, Akira, who I've never seen before, versus Vinny Massaro, who I know, know really well. Booked him, uh, worked with him, booked him at uh, All Pro Wrestling. God, when I first started becoming Booker in 2008 in All Pro Wrestling, I was I brought Vinny in and used him for a long time. We, and then when I was booking for Marcus Mack at APW, you know, we we used him as well on, on a not on a regular basis, but we used him. I think we used him quite often. You know, he's a professional, been around a long time, long time uh, uh, indie guy in our area. Uh, started in 1997, so I was there for his uh, debut match um, at Jim Wars, the old Jim Wars at the garage. So, um, like I said, this is the first time I've seen Akira work, never seen him before, never heard of him. <laughs> he was introduced as a 2021 Master of Pain. Whatever that is, it was a tournament. No one said just 2020 masters. He's a 2021 master pain. 2022, there's some another master pain out there. Apparently, I guess. Um, and also, he's the motherfucking death samurai. Another set guy on this card that had the word "fuck" in their in their nickname. That was AJ Gray earlier. So, now oh, come on, guys, come on. Let's let's keep. I mean, this show. I mean, I saw a lot of dudes in there in the audience. Uh, Saw, yeah, I saw women too, but I saw some kids, and like, here comes motherfucking death samurai. Like, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, maybe it's the father when we talk. I just think it's like, um, maybe you had a sponsor that wants to sponsor your show, and he's like, comes to the show, like, hey, check it out. Maybe, maybe you want to sponsor. Sure, great. And like, do you want to be part sponsor a show that has motherfucking death samurai on it? I don't know. It just, it just, uh, it, it, come on, people! Come on. This match was overall it was fine, but it was just missing something, you know. And but granted, it, it just came after the match, you know, a six man match that just a billion moves. But like same time, like Akira, Akira just had to know like he needs more oomph and body language on his kicks and strikes. He just just throws them, nothing to him, no interaction with the crowd, no charisma. He just just he's just out there throwing these you know strikes. And he didn't look that good, and and, and a lot of it's because he like I said he didn't have no oomph, no body language. Um, Akira and Vinny started, started fighting on the floor. Akira used it like he picked up a security guard, used it as a like, battering ram with his feet outwards to strike Vinny. And then like Akira like nearly drops this poor security guard on his head, and and. Kira struggling getting him up because the security guard wasn't. I guess he wasn't clued in on the spot and went up hell heavy. And you could tell it just it just looked awkward. It just looked awkward and didn't come off. Um, um, you know, Vinny in the Bayface role here is interesting. I think I you know Vinny's not the most charismatic guy either, but I, I he is more charismatic as a heel. He's just a natural heel. I think uh, that's how I kind of always used him. Um. And APW, I thought he was a really good heel, and 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 as a baby face, I know that you know the fans, they know he's the head trainer there, um, you know they know he's a you know an intricate part of this company, so you know people, the smarter fans know what he does there, and and I I, I see why they they take him as baby face, you know, so I, I it might be hard for him to turn here, I don't know, but I don't know, I, like I said, this match was it was fine, it was just there. And um, I've seen better from Vinny, and I think I think with a better report, it, it would have been a better match. So, match number four was uh, Reno Scum versus West Coast Wrecking Crew, which West Coast Wrecking Crew is Isaac, uh, sorry, Royce Isaac and Jerrell Nelson. Uh, Reno Scum, Adam Thornstone, Lester Legend. I you know booked them many times in APW. Uh, you know, I was always I was really bummed that Impact Wrestling didn't work out for him. I don't understand. What those fuck those people at Impact Wrestling was thinking when they had these guys? I mean, they just didn't do nothing with them. And like at that time when they were there, you know, they were fresh and new, and and 
you know, weren't exposed and, you know, on everyone else's television yet. So this is like their first exposure on television and, and real exposure on television and a, and a, you know, well-known company and just didn't do anything with them. And, you know, how can you not, you know, it's like, especially with the roster it was then. Um, and this, this was a good tag team match. I like this match. Uh, two good teams. Reno Scum jumpstarted West Coast uh, Wrecking Crew be- because there's some, I guess, some trash talking on the social media, so that's how they started it. Um, West Coast Wrecking Crew got heat on Luster. Luster's a good seller for a big man now. Luster's always been impressed to me. Good promo, great promo, actually. He's really good. Another thing I don't think I saw a few times on Impact Wrestling they never got to show, you know, especially Luster. You know, he's such a good promo, and, you know, Adam would always start it, and, and Luster would always close it because Luster was so much better at that, right? Um, so Luster was, you know, was taking heat in this match. I just thought, I don't know. For me, I think it's like Adam's just better at taking heat. You know, he's just the smaller guy beating on the smaller guy. And the fans can see this guy like Marcus Macker, who say the, the walking action figure, luster legend. And, you know, you get, you get the heat on, uh, you get heat on beating up Thornstow. Thornstow gets that sympathy. They see the smaller guy getting beat up and they want to see him tag his monster tag team partner, you know, um, and this match as well, like you know, like speaking of Levi Shapiro earlier with the nose injury, you know, Thornstone on social media talked about his hip injury, how this could be his last year of wrestling, and you know, like there's a story there, there's a story that everyone knows, especially all these fans in this building know about Thornstone and, and his hip, and you know, the heels, you know, could have worked on that, and like, the story could have built around that. Um, you know, eventually the the Thornstow got the it was more of a lukewarm tag on a hot tag, uh, but he made a, a nice, exciting comeback. You know, Thornstow's flash. You know, he's the flashier of the two Reno Scum members, and he came in, did a lot of cool stuff. Um, but I still felt like, man, if it was a hot tag of luster, crowd would have been just because like, you know you you just you're like sitting there like that. God, get that guy in there, get that guy. He's the game changer, right? Um, took a little while to get the finish. So the momentum dipped a little bit, in my opinion. But overall, I thought it was a good match. I, I you know, this is. Uh, we're in a, we're in the right track after that. <laughs> that that six man tag just just wasn't my cup of tea. Match number five: Titus Alexander versus Speedball Mike Bailey. Um, Titus Alexander, the son of Big Ugly, longtime uh, North uh, Northern California, Central California veteran. Um, Titus is you know he's a natural. He's progressed really well. Uh, this kid's a future star, barring any injury. I, you know he. He was a heel here and looked really good. I thought he looked really aggressive. Um, showed a lot. Mike Bailey is, you know, he's always fun and had a really and 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 exciting and their, and their styles really clicked in this match. Um, Speedball did the, I call it the Vol, Vol, first time I seen it was Volador Junior did the, as a guy you know, as 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 Speedballs on the outside, you know, in the middle of the ropes. About to maybe springboard in. Uh, Titus goes and does a baseball slide. I take him out. But but Speedball jumps to the top rope. Does a moonsault. And as Titus slides to the outside. Try, try to get Speedball with that slide drop kick. Hits the floor. Turns around. And immediately gets hit with the moonsault. It's a beautiful, beautiful move. Um, the timing of it you know, has to be on. And the first time I saw do that was Volador Jr. And... It was amazing. I saw it live, and I was like, holy shit. Like, the timing of that just blew my mind. And this, it was great here as well. Um, Titus did a low blow with a, the, 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 old, the old mule kick to the back. As, he, you know, the, ref, the referee was a little bit distracted there. It didn't see it. Uh, and, you know, it was just, <laughs> he did a low blow and went for the roll-up. Uh, went for his future, but Bailey rolls him up. Like Bailey rolls, that's what happened. Yeah, he did a low blow. Excuse me, he did a low blow. Titus goes to like looks like it hit his finisher, and Speedball Mike Bailey just rolls him up and for a false finish, and totally killed the fucking nut shot. Right, like you'd hit the nut shot, grabbed him, put Bailey down with his finisher. That would have got great heat. Right? And Titus is a heel that they're building up. But what happened was 
no heat was got no heat was accomplished with that spot and they kept resting for a little while longer mike bailey showed no ill effect of being kicked in the nuts and he bailey made his comeback he did that uh a cannonball uh 450 splash knee drop deal he does um then he picked up uh titus for some kind of funky little driver where he's holding titus on his shoulder but then titus rakes the eyes and then hits a brain buster then hits a, the v trigger whatever a knee and then hits his uh michinoku driver by whipping the guy into the ropes and off to catching him off the ropes for the michinoku driver one two three um you know I, I guess I can understand like, oh, and then you rake my eyes and oh man, you cheated to win. But, you know, visually the low blow would look better and low blow. I think would have, cause that's dirty. Just, I mean, a rake eye is dirty as well, but visually, I think visually for the audience and, and at home as well, a live audience and the audience at home as well, the low blow and Tyus could took his time and got him, grabbed him by the hair, picked him up. Planned him with his Michinoku driver. One, two, three. Fucking cheated. Having a great match. Cheated to win. That's heat. You know, after this match is over, this fans give a standing ovation. Like, hey, a great match. Like, there's no heat. No heat accomplished. So, what was the point of doing all that stuff, right? You know, the low blow meant nothing. The Ricky eyes meant nothing. Um, you know, you got, you know, you got if, if you're trying to do stuff like that and you're trying to build a heel, you got you got a heel got to do something nasty, got to go over something nasty, uh, and if he doesn't, then he's not gonna get any heat, right? You're just playing heel, you're not being a heel. And again, that's ma- this is just match booking, not booking. You know, like um, you got to give that direction. Like if you want to build a heel up, they got to go over healers. I'm sorry, they got to do something dastardly. And I guess you could say, well, he, he you know did this break of the eyes, and, eh. But then he also hit three moves to finish the guy. And, you know, if you low blow Bailey and then you pick him up, hit your finisher, the 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 fans see that the low blows would cause Bailey really to lose. You know, would it, he wouldn't have been positioned that finisher if he never got hit in that, in that low blow. And, you know, now they got some reason to be pissed off at Titus, who you're building up as a heel. <sighs> But overall, I, I, I like the match to the, the finish. I thought, yeah, like I said, I didn't like the how they wasted all that. Um, the next match, match number six, was Davey Richards versus Yuni Jagata. Um, I thought this was the most professional wrestling match, professional match up to this point. Uh, Yuji Jagata started off, started, he's starting to show his age, you know, from all those wars he has been in. and But he still understands how to maximize his timing and his offense and where to place it. You know, he... He does his greatest hits. This is what, you know, he, he did his, I would call, you know, it's called, you know, the safe, his safe U.S. match, you know. He he, he does what the fans, you know, he want, want to see. He just he does enough, right? Um, he just, he just, he just understands. He's just a longtime veteran. It's, it's always a pleasure to see the veterans work. Uh, and Richards was a good, good matchup for him. You know, Richards understands that style, worked that style, been to New Japan. He understands. He's a, he was a perfect opponent for Nuji Nagata. Um, Nagata went over, which I'm not surprised because you know when you deal with New Japan, if it's not a if you're not if you're not AEW right now, who they have a working agreement with with or Impact, you know these indie shots are cash grabs for them, and they're not going to put you know they're not going to put have a local guy or. You know, a a a, a long time indie veteran guy. You know, beat their New Japan guys. It's, just, it's 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 part of the deal when you're booking these New Japan guys, and which for me is kind of like I said, kind of a bummer because like Richards has been a guy they've been using on a record basis and building him up well. Um, kind of a, been a mainstay lately, so and it's kind of I don't know, it's kind of to me it's like you got to establish some local guys or your core guys I'm not saying just local cuz from the barrier I'm just saying core guys you're bringing in and featuring and and focusing on you got to focus on your you know four to six guys that you want to feature and build up and you know you know you bring in people you want to bring in people to put them over to keep building on them 
Uh, but that's just this part of the doing business in New Japan on the, on the indie level. Just, they, they're gonna they're, they're gonna hold the cards. They're gonna get paid. They want to get paid really well, and they're gonna win. But they put a good performance on. Like the New Japan, they didn't. You know, like I said, this was my favorite match on the show. All in all, I thought it was the best match. Um, so yeah, you know, this is definitely one to go see. I just really liked. The story they tell him they did, and Richards was great. I, th- I loved his return to professional wrestling. Um, I think he's been having a nice little renaissance of his career. He's I always enjoyed his work, but I really like what I've been seeing on this run. And and this was a really good match. And you know, he's a guy that would love to see Russell Jacob Fatu for the uh, the West Coast title. He built up towards that. And it's just a bummer that you know he's losing to Jakarta and. and I mean, unless you're bringing New Jugata back later on to do a job, like okay, that's cool. I hope that happens. But if he doesn't come back, then like, it's just this, you know, I know you're booking that you draw an audience and etc. You know, you're doing all that, but it's just like, eventually, the fans would be like, oh, I just want to see this. The guys are bringing in, and then they, oh yeah, we got these other guys too. You know, but you got you got to have your you got to have your local stars or your core stars, core group of guys, you know, be featured and get wins over these guys you're bringing. If you're not going to bring them back on a regular basis. Match number seven, um, same story here. Kevin Blackwood, a guy who, for the East Coast, relocated the West Coast um, versus Minoru Suzuki. And I love Minoru Suzuki. Love his matches, you know, but lately, I haven't been loving his matches. They're fine, but it's like I'm just getting tired of the same kind of multiple chop battles, and you know that he does mainly in the U.S. You know, it's just it's a shortcut, and he just keeps chopping, and people like that. It's just, but it's after a while, like I said, like three times in the Levi Shapiro AJ Gray match, I'm just kind of over it, and. And but I thought this match, I thought Kevin Black would look really good in it, uh, especially with the selling. Um, he had you know facial expressions and and vocal and the, with the pain. I liked that. Um, I was really enjoying the first part of the match, the grappling um, exchanges, the feeling out process. Of the match, I was you know I could tell like you know, these guys are you know trying to find the advantage. Like they're telling me a story here. I was liking that. And then it went to the floor. Uh, and then we had this long chop and forearm battle on the floor that just went way too long. The referee, I mean, if he was counting, you could have got to like, you know, 50, I think. They're out there that long. and But, you know, poor the referee, because he's getting buried in there, you know, because the guys are not easy. You know, what's he going to do? He's not going to, you know, you can, I mean, he's. If this was WWE, yeah, he'll you would count him out, but they're not gonna do that here. And you know, the referee, the only thing he can do is just jump out of the ring and stop his count and be like, "Hey, come on, get back in the ring," and all that. So um, I'm just tired of that form exchange stuff. Like I said, right in the middle, middle. I just don't. I'm just bored of it now. It's just boring. But we see it every match from the opener to the main event, and I'm. It's just everywhere. Um, but other than that, I thought I thought this was a good match, and Suzuki went over with this gosh pile driver. Uh, again, you know, bringing in more Minoru Suzuki is 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 going to cost you a pretty penny. And again, New Japan is not going to let him do a job here. You know, like they had like I saw previous shows with on West Coast, and it was Davey Richards that had this you know, match with Kevin Blackwood, and you know, Davey Richards won that match, and then. And then they end up having a rematch where Kevin Blackman won that match. And so you had like this story there. They're both even and you kind of, you can kind of go, go away from them wrestling again and, and meet up later and have that rubber match. And like, so after all that, after Blackwood, you know, gets some momentum with the win with Richards, he comes back here and, and, and loses to a Norizuki. Richard loses to Nuji Nagata. And, you know, these are guys you've been bringing in on a regular basis and, Unless they're gonna come back and and put over these these guys, you know, then it, it's was it worth it? Did you make your money back? I don't know. That's that's I don't know the books, but 
But, you know, like, ultimately, like, the fans are just, will eventually be like, well, yeah, we know we like them, but we know they're not going to beat the special attraction guys. We know they're not going to beat these guys. And then those guys gone. They're like, hey, what happened to those guys they just saw last week? Oh, we got the same guys that lost last week. You know, like last month, whatever. So it's 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 a tough it's a tough it's tough it's a tough deal to book, right? And you're trying to do things to get attention and you know, booking New Japan guys, you know, will still get some attention this day, you know, especially, you know, it's, it's happening more and more. You know, the guys come in, they do like long tours here, you know, and and stuff and and like I said, it, it could pop a house. But then you're you gotta bring in more. You gotta bring more. You gotta bring more special attraction guys, and I don't know. But especially Kevin Blackwood and, and Dave Richards, like I said, they, I was enjoying their story that they were telling, and I was enjoying their progression in West Coast. And you know, this is kind of like a step back for them, like right, like hey, what's next? What's what happens to wrestle the third match? Well, we lost a sec. We lost our other matches. We didn't wrestle each other, but now we're wrestling each other. You know, it just kind of takes a little bit away from him. You know, you could they could have won these matches and had more momentum going to the third match down the line. Ah, yeah. Just just my opinion on that. Match number eight was uh Dave Malenko and Masha Slanovich. In my opinion, this was the second best match on the card. Um it told a simple story of Debbie going for a multiple leg lock submissions to earn a victory, and Masha you know, she would Masha would just continue to fight out of them. Um both women started hot. Masha hit like a a big move, and then Debbie popped back up in a German suplex. The perfect way, I thought, to kind of get the fans. You know, they saw the New Japan stars and a really good match with Dave Richards and Yuji Nagata. They saw, you know, this you know legendary star. You know, Nagata's legendary too, but you know Minoru Suzuki, especially in the last. God, what do you think? Five or six years, you know, with with the the fans that weren't in on the. The Suzuki train now are on because the New Japan exposure, you know, getting to know his, getting to know him and lo- falling in love with him. Um, you know, they, they had to do that. These things lately had to come in hot to kind of get the fans into it. Um, I love Simovich, dude. I, 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 you know, you, if you listen to my show, you know, I'm not a biggest fan of intergender matches. You said they're not really good. Um, you know, I'm not against him if it's done correctly. And like one of the best intergender matches I've seen recently was, was Samovich versus uh, AC green from action zone wrestling out of Georgia. Really good. Cause Samovich stuff looks good. looks better than some of the guys, you know, she works like a guy. Um, so this, and, and you know, she's been to Japan and trained and work shows in Japan. So this was a big deal for her. Um, she respects Devin Lincoln, where she came from. Um, and so these two these ladies had a had a good match. There were some time issues in the beginning, um, uh, nothing too noticeable. But and and I don't mind that in a match sometimes. You know, I, a lot of matches they just look so smooth and rehearsed. You know, I like a little rough patches. It just brings it to the brings it to the realism of the match. Um, Masha went over the package pile driver, and it. I really enjoyed the chemistry in these two ladies. I, I felt like I watched this in the best of five series. I really could. So, um, really enjoyed it. And it's cool to see Devin Link. I'm bummed I missed this match in person, but I'm glad it's, you know, so there's video out there and I got to watch it. Yeah, she's just a great story. Like, like I said, coming back from a, a serious injury, quitting wrestling, starting a family, now at what, 50 years old or 49, 50 years old, she's making a comeback. And, like, that's just a great story to tell. Um, you know, if NXT was still booked, <laughs> if Triple H was still charged of NXT and it was black and gold, I thought, like, man, they ever did the Mae Young Classic, she would have been perfect to bring in for that. What a story that she would tell. The, the veteran, the, you know, you know, a mother, retired after so long, making a return, giving it one last go. I, it would have been perfect for that tournament. Um, AEW should bring her in and use her. You know, I, it's an easy story to tell. Like, I know it probably won't happen now in, in WWE, unfortunately, the way their craziness is going. But, like, AEW could 
would I think would do a good job with it or at least give it time and, and give it's not about age over there it's about you know they it's not about like WWE so fixated on age even though they named a bunch of cuts in the next he roster they cut a 25 year old you know powerhouse woman and and I don't understand why they did that who had who had really good potential and, and Porsche Parada they want to go younger and they're cutting these younger talents I just don't get me started on that and you know Debbie, which is like I said, it's such a good story to tell, and and you know she can, you know, make this big comeback, get this big build up for this big comeback, and all of a sudden she loses her match because of an effort she loses, and she's visibly upset, upset herself, angry. The Bayface, they had a nice little, you know, they're having a Bayface Bayface match. You know, got a little rough because Debbie, you know, started getting a little aggressive. Started felt like she was, you know, losing, so she's turned up a little bit. You know, not not like shortcuts of a, of a, of a low blow or a rake of the eye, but you know, she's getting more aggressive and taking more risks. And and the, the, but she loses to the young the younger Bayface. And you know, the young Bayface showing respect, but Debbie's so upset about losing. This is a big comeback. She wanted to just she just wanted to. Just give it all again, and this is and to her, this is a setback. Now she felt she should have won this match. She should be on to bigger and better things, but she lost here, and now she's yeah, and, you know, now she's in inner turmoil with what she wants to do with her career, and if she wants to continue going. She's just mad. Doesn't you know the young the young babyface is trying to shake her hand, trying to console her, but Debbie just blows her off, and she's gone. She doesn't come back for like she's gone, and she never comes back. You're like what, what happened to Debbie Lincoln? But all of a sudden. Eh, but a month or two later, this mask, let's just call her Lady X, shows up too. And who is this mysterious woman, right? This lady in black, mask wrestler, and she's just a nasty eel. Taking, you know, just taking every shortcut, winning matches, loading up her mask, like I talked about with Levi Shapiro, what they could have done there. And she's, and she's just, you know, taking shortcuts and winning and winning and winning. Who is this masked woman, right? And it finally leads, to, you know, she's being built up and she's finally getting a towel shot and, and maybe she wins the title and she continues her cheating ways and find that the whatever baby face you want to beat her challenges her for a title or mask or high stakes mask with everything on the line. You know, the, the baby face will leave AEW or whatever promotion we're talking about here if, Lady X would put up her title and her mask, right? So, so that's the stip, and and the Bayface wants the belt back. Lady X has to unmask, and it's Debbie Malenko. You know, it, it could have done, done. And Debbie could be back unmasked now as a heel. You know, doing more and it in that promotion. I, I just think there's so many ways you can go with her. It's just. I just I just get excited because I'm like, you know, my, my mind goes crazy. Like, God, I just, you know, unfortunately, I just don't, I'm not booking right now and I don't have a platform to do all this craziness, but I just think it's such a great, she has such a great story. And I really, uh, my friends interviewed her, Justin, Justin Nipper, and on a Fight Game podcast. And I remember listening to her and it was cool because I want to, want to hear Devin Linko. Yeah, I remember her from All Japan Women. I remember her from that Wrestler magazine and, I just remember listening to Justin and and her interview, and I just you felt the passion, and I love people that have passion for this wrestling business. And I just I remember messaging her and say I just you know love the interview, and we start talking, and you know just wanted to do anything I could for her. You know I, I don't have much pull on wrestling business, but I, whatever I have, connection I have, I would do. And I don't know, it was cool to see her on this show, and I can I just I, I hope. She comes back soon, and I'll definitely make my way out to to see her next time for sure. All right, main event time: the West Coast Pro Championship. The champion Jacob fought two versus Bandito. Um, Book Jacob for APW. Yeah, he was a champion. Won the Battle Royal at the Cow Palace. It was an awesome moment. Great dude, 
phenomenal athlete, phenomenal talent, um, just just a special athlete, really is. And you, when you see Jacob Vatu wrestle once, you never forget him, and you can't wait to see him again. Um, Bandito, I like Bandito. Um, I watched him in ROH, and I remember when he was the belt was put on him, and I I think Bandito's more of a guy in the middle, but not not the feet, not the bay face to feature as a champion on top. That's just my opinion. Um, I think he's a spectacular flyer. I love his look, I love his mask, but top guy. I don't think so, but you know, middle of the card, baby face, exciting baby face. Yeah, I can see that. Um, there's a miscommunication in the early parts of the match. Yep, but both men are so athletic. They really covered it up, quickly covered it, recovered. Not covered it, but re- recovered and kept going. Um Medito, of course, showed some high flying technique with a hurricanrana variation. And then the three hundred pound Jacob Fatu did a hurricanrana, uh, which popped the crowd. It popped the crowd, but honestly, I, I thought it wasn't needed. Um, you know, this match is a battle of two baby faces. Um, and when you have a battle of two baby faces, one baby face kind of goes heelish a little bit. Doesn't maybe doesn't hit a low blow or doesn't fucking crack a guy with the head with a chair or, or, or just try to dig his fingers in the dude's eyes. I mean, he could get to that point, but like. You know, he, he, get, he turns up the aggression, right? There's a one one of the babies gets frustrated and starts and starts. You know, it's not it's not about exchanging classic wrestling holes and and chain wrestling. Now one of the guys is frustrated, and now they're just being a little more aggressive. Now maybe they're throwing a punch. You know, maybe they're gonna throw a punch in there, and take a little cheap shot off the ropes, or you know, stuff like that. So, and that's what I thought should have happened here with Jacob Fatu. Uh, you know. Be, being a champion, you have to understand, you know, he did a good job. He, he, gave, he gave a lot to Bandito. At one point, fuck, Bandito picked him up for a press slam. And I'm just like, dude, don't do that, Jacob. Don't kill the mystique. Like, you're much bigger than this guy. And I know Bandito's gimmick is like he's a powerful luchador, but he's still much smaller. And it just hurts, hurts the... Hurts the big man in Jacob Fatu, in my opinion. You know, Jacob Fatu could do some athletic shit. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's cool to see him bust out a standing moonsault or that triple jump moon or double jump moonsault off the top rope. You know, like those are like two moves that he should stand like stand out. You know, and does like oh how like you know Turkaranas and letting someone press slam you that's much smaller i'm just not with it man it's not with it i i think you should protect yourself more here um you know i that's this match should have been just a simple story of just you know fought like i said fought to he gets frustrated because you know he can't get a handle on bandito bandito's too fast too quick um and fought to you know starting to get starting to get a little more aggressive maybe finally cuts him off with that big pop-up Small drop, bam, for a two count. Now he starts working on Bandito. Now he starts getting more aggressive and picking him up big body slams and, you know, working on the back or the arm or some kind of body part. Just be aggressive on it. Um, and Bandito should be fighting back from underneath. Fighting back to his feet, you know, in levels. Don't just be zero to hero. Uh, you know, Fatu, instead of, Hitting that uh, handspring moonsault he does. Fucking beautiful. But instead of hitting it and getting a two count, after he's you know putting the heat on Mandito and Bandito's fighting back, but Fatu, you know, takes a has a couple moments, some hopes from uh from Bandito, but Fatu keeps cutting him off. Now Fatu's just getting a little cocky, a little arrogant. So now he wants to show show off what he can do. So then he goes for that handspring elbow or and then, or back, sorry, handspring elbow, handspring moonsault. And, but this time, Bandito gets the knees up. Bam. Oh my God. Now, Bandito starts fighting his way back up. Like I said, in levels, again, don't go zero to hero. Starts making his comeback, making his comeback, making his comeback. Right? He has, he has Fatu reeling. Fatu, yo, he looks like he's about to go down. Fatu hits a big punch. Boom. Right? 
Fatu charges after Bandito. Bandito low bridges the top rope. Fatu takes a bump to the floor. Now Bandito goes, hits that rope, and hits that that wild tope susie that he hit in this match. Boom, right? Um, not and if, I know Jacob does a dive out. I've seen it many times. It's, it's, it's amazing. It truly is. But let that be Bandito's thing this match, right? Like... I think Jacob should pull it out when he's wrestling other bigger men, like a JR Kratos for just, just to name someone, a big guy like that. Um, you know, he needs to do a little something, something extra when he's facing these fellow big men. But like Bandito, the small luchador, let the small luchador do the flying, right? He hits the big, hits the big dive out, right? Bandito. Both men are down. Slowly getting her way back up. But he was up first in the ring. Fatu's just kind of dazed and rocked. Slowly gets back in the ring. As he gets back in the ring, Bandito's up to the top rope. Bandito hits that big flying drop kick. Boom. Right? Uh, Fatu starts selling back up. Slowly to the ropes. Get, get in position. For that 21 plex, that wacky German suplex that that Bandito does, which I don't understand how, how they really get some momentum out that to do a German suplex, but whatever. You know, it's flashy, fans like it. Uh, so he goes for that 21 plex, and they should do the finish they did here. Fatu, you know, looks like he's about, you know, he's done for, but then Fatu flips out of it. That's another spot. You know, this should be like. Two or three times where he shows his athleticism. This will be the third time, like I said, after that handspring moonsault. Now he flips out of this German suplex. Big super kick. Bam on Bandito. Bandito then does that spin bump here. Boom. You know, a lot of guys just do spin bumps, do spin bumps. I mean, when they did it here, I thought it was perfect. I hit the mic when I was trying. I'm talking my hands here. I'm so excited. Hits that fucking super kick. Bandito takes that big spin bump. Fatu picks him up, slams it down, double jump, moonsaw, what a thing of beauty, bam, one, two, three, right, like, and then they shake hands after it's all said and done, um, I just, I just, I just didn't like the story they told here, I, 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 it's, it's, seeing, like I said, seeing Bandito press slam Fatu just didn't look right, it was a cool to see, cool, f- does it get a pop? Yeah, but you know, did you want to see Dustin Rhodes pick up Road Warrior Hawk? You know, or a Dusty? You know what I mean? You don't want to see that, right? Like a Ric Flair press slam, excuse me, Road Warrior Hawk or Animal? No, you don't want to see that. Um, just as it, I know they can. Fatu's athletic enough to do it, and and Bandido's strong, is strong, powerful little luchador, but visually. It just didn't look right. I don't know. I didn't like it, but but again, I love I love watching Fatu do his thing though. He's just such a I love, such an athletic beast, man. He just he just he just all the Simones can work, man. All the Simones can, they're talented people, and um, in wrestling. So, really, you know, overall, I, I enjoy myself watching the show. I enjoy I enjoy what West Coast brings. They bring a a good show and they, have, they bring a lot of people. They're bringing all these, you know, people they have the Bush machine machine gun next show. They, you know, they're, they're, they're going for it. I appreciate that. And, and the fans are really the winners here, right? That's what it's all about. They're seeing all these people that, you know, he's bringing people in and, and um, they're featuring him. I, I just kind of wish you put over your core, you know, bring guys that, Fans want to see that can sell you some tickets, but at the same time could take the fall and help build up your core guys like a, a Kevin Blackwood or Davey Richards or Levi Shapiro, Vinny Massaro. Um, you know, that just is this guy. You got to find that balance because, like I said, eventually, if you're just bringing guys in to beat your your the core guys, like how, who does the fans get invested in? And, uh, is it just simply just matchmaking? Is that that's all they're there to show up? Just they're, they're not investing in stories because there's no booking. It's just matchmaking, right? So, anyways, I hope you enjoyed this review. West Coast Pro, glad to be back after a week off. I, I had a couple weeks off. 
you know, back off a week, back a week, and then off again because uh, it's been uh, it's been wild. And of course, things are getting busy for me, but I will be back next week uh, to cover another indie promotion, maybe an international independent promotion. We'll see what's out there. What I cover, um, I've been waiting to cover West Coast Pro, and when I saw Debbie Malenko, I was like, you know, that's the show I'm gonna do. I'm definitely gonna do it because I didn't get a chance to make it and. Definitely want to talk about her match. And I want to talk about all the rest of the matches on the card. So I hope you enjoyed it. Again, check out our Fight Game Media Plus Patreon, $5 a month. Um, follow me on Twitter, The Rocket JL. Um, love to hear your feedback on this show. I get, I you know, one thing about this podcast, what people like is my honest opinion. You know, I don't, I don't just don't sugarcoat everything. I don't just kind of, you know, softball anything. You know, if I don't see something I like, I don't like it. And I talk about it. And I give a reason why I don't like it. Um, I get a lot of reaction from the, a lot of people DM me privately, upset with my reviews. But hey, you know it's part of the game. But um, I like podcasts where the guys are being honest with the review. They're just not like, yeah, this is great. That was great. Oh yeah, it was fine. Yeah, like they you know they don't like it, but they're just like trying to be nice about it. Like I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm be trying to be constructive. That's yeah, constructive. Uh, const- you know, constructive criticism. I'm not trying to, you know, bury one here. Um, I just, well, I get frustrated. I see shit. Like, oh my God, what the hell's going on? Like, why would they do that? I, I would get mad, but, you know. So I appreciate the feedback. It's been awesome. It's been really great. And um, so again, yeah, follow me on Twitter, Laraka JL. Hit me up. Uh, love to hear back from you. Everyone, have a great weekend. Uh, whatever you're doing, and be safe. Take care. <laughs>